Hello and welcome to the Fit for Privacy podcast. In this podcast, we talk to influencers so that you learn from the best. I'm your host Punit Bhatia. I help business and privacy leaders to create and deliver strategies for privacy compliance and trainings. Before we start, a quick reminder that the opinions and ideas shared in this context are not legal advice. If you need advice, you should contact a professional with your specific context. So let's get started. Hello and welcome in the Fit for Privacy podcast. Today we have a special guest, a guest who has experience in many companies and is now a CTO in ByteSafe Digital. ByteSafe is a data privacy and cybersecurity startup which provides next-gen privacy compliance solutions and with a motto of privacy matters. And yes, privacy matters. That's what. Raghavan Chalapan tells us. So Raghavan Chalapan, welcome to the Fit for Privacy podcast. Pleasure, Puneet. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm happy to be part of the Fit for Privacy podcast. Thank you for the introduction. And as you presented, I'm the co-founder and CTO of the DC-based privacy and security startup company, ByteSafe. We provide like next generation compliance solutions powered by transformational AI, MI technologies. Our current focus is to help enterprises navigate privacy and compliance issues related to emerging technologies. Thank you again. Happy to be part of the show. Thanks. Thanks, Raghavan. So tell us, how did you come into privacy? What's your story? Because privacy, some people come in from IT, some come from legal, some from compliance. So how did you come into privacy? What was your journey into privacy? It's a really personal experience. And what got me interested in the world of privacy and compliance. I would definitely like to, I want to share a story about an incident that really brought home the idea of privacy and by extension, compliance. There are many instances really, but one in particular that stood out for me. So this is a true story and a personal experience. A few years ago, while uh, work uh, on work-related travel in India, I witnessed something quite disconcerting. It was an instance where the loss of privacy had become a routinely acceptable infringement Mm. as the cost of getting things done was very critical. So what happened was a local colleague of mine had ordered an additional SIM card for his phone and it was from a multi-million dollar telecom company. The representative who delivered, they came to the door and they were delivering, they brought the SIM card required. And as a routine matter of course, <laughs> the, they requested for a biotem print for from the buyer to complete the transaction. I was very, really surprised at the requirement and told my colleague as much and hoped he was not planning to go through <laughs> with the process. <laughs> you might've seen this before too. You might've heard like a lot of stories. So. To add to that, and then I asked him, hey, are you really going to go through this uh, with the process without asking any questions? For example, what came to my mind immediately was this, okay? And was a biometric thumbprint really needed? And was he even like comfortable providing the thumbprint without any proper authorizations or papers? And, mm-hmm. and did the company, and to an extent like my colleague for that matter, even recognize the 
and understand the severity of the long-term implications of such biometric data collection. Mm -hmm. And so I joined and we started probing the representative. Uh, we threw a volley of questions at the guy. Why did he need the biometric thumbprint? <laughs> what happens to the biometric data collected? Where is it stored? What were the security protocols? Were other customers comfortable <laughs> providing their thumbprint? And could he share or point us to the companies like privacy, compliance, and data collection policies? There's something, right? Like it always comes to my mind, like when not working on like technology alone, but being on business and then doing tech entrepreneurship and advisor, it kind of like comes up to you. You want to ask all these questions, particularly when you're passionate about a topic, right? Right. Or area. And the response was lukewarm at best. <laughs> the representative space went blank and only answers we really got was along the lines of he didn't really have the answers mm -hmm. and no one had previously ever questioned him in this way yeah. which was kind of like alarming for me and that this had always been the process and hmm. also he added to it uh, this was part of the other number verification and and in order for him to go to verify the newly implemented Aadhaar number, they collected the customer's thumbprint for validation purposes. You can see, right? Like uh, it was you being in privacy, it was unnerving to discover that a yep. private company was collecting thumbprint for AKA, it's a biometric PII data right. from their customers without any explanation of purpose or need. So some noteworthy points in the incident were that the individual purchasing the additional SIM card was an existing customer of the company. He was already a customer. And mm -hmm. even the verification process or the purpose says there was no need to collect thumbprint for this because they right. already, you know that uh, since you also follow the rules there for Aadhaar card, they already take their biometric thumbprint. You don't have to give it to a private company, right? No. Yeah. And and there are other ways to verify and validate the customer's identity. So right. when I think back on it, right? And what I see is that people are so taken up with technology and particularly with digital transformations happening across industries that no one really seems to ask questions when it comes to data privacy, protection, and security. I find it alarming. I'm sure you do too, Puneet. Absolutely. And businesses are taking not taking the responsibility. It is important for businesses to help fix the broken process. That's what I feel. At the same time, start educating their employees and customers about privacy. So what I'm trying to convey with the story is that this was a real eye opener for me. And mm -hmm. I realized that there are numerous gaps in the data collection process and the way enterprises operate and manage data. I think businesses have clearly sidestepped the issue of privacy in the push or a mad rush to collect data and sell their products and services. And that's what start make, made me think and yep. pushed me to look into this field more deeply. And I still believe that it has been happening and hope we all can make it bring a change by talking about it, Absolutely. bring more awareness.
Yeah, I think that's the idea to make a little difference, a little awareness, which makes a change in the society and ensures more privacy for individuals. On that line, I would like to add like one more thing. That is my general thoughts on history of privacy laws. How do I think, or how? First thing is, how do we? How do you think like we got here? <laughs> that's a main yeah. question. And see, for the past decade or so, right, it has been a losing battle when it comes to privacy and more than like privacy and compliance. People want more free products and services, but each of these products and services they purchase are intrinsically tied to date, a data element. That yeah. they don't necessarily understand that. People really need to understand that freely sharing PII or sensitive personal information has consequences. And yeah. I believe that right technology, tools, and culture are key to handling privacy, security, and compliance. Yeah, absolutely. So how would you describe a privacy regulation or privacy law like GDPR or CCPA in one word, just to get us a little bit started? So when anybody mentions about GDPR, this is what comes to my mind, right? Like GDPR, I know what it stands for. You also know that. For me, GDPR means golden data protect responsibly. Wow, golden data and, protect responsibly. That's nice. Yeah. Data is a commodity, just like earlier oil was traded or stocks and other things. And people have to treat and protect it and by taking responsible steps. And to that, I would like to add that accountability and transparency is the key. And respect for laws and regulations is primary focus and importance. At the end, it comes enforcement. But more so for me, I believe accountability and transparency with the golden data protect responsibility model. Hey, you know that, right? Oil was, yep. at one point in time, the gold, after gold. But right now, data is the new gold. <laughs> Absolutely, it is the new gold. And in fact, you rightly mentioned uh, the example in India. That's why they need a privacy law, a good privacy law. But Correct, even in uh, US, not... yeah. yeah it's go not ahead. only uh, about uh, India or one country, it across the globe, I would put right. it. Thank you. Yeah, so when we look at US, the privacy landscape is evolving because we've seen California pass legislation. We are seeing Washington, New York, and Illinois working on it. How do you see this US privacy landscape evolving? It's a really uh, good question, right? Right now, especially, right? What do you, basically, you're asking what is the future of privacy? In, right, okay. in the United States. In the, in the US. I'm going to also globalize it a little bit. Okay, looking sure. at right now, right now with the pandemic, we are almost sort of in a worst stage, basically. But mm -hmm. I'm also heartened by the fact that this is making people wake up. The right. society is waking up. It sounds great to expose your privacy uh, issues and talk about it. And more people are starting to realize that protecting that privacy is critical. At the same time, people are going to become more conscious and careful sharing personal data, which is going to be the focus. And 
add to it, the more awareness we bring in, people are going to start treating this as a commodity and data is going to be treated more valuably. And with more of these regulatory requirements and needs, it's only going to help in improving not only the business processes or business operations, it's also going to help individuals to understand that data protection is very important. And every state, every um, region or city to local levels are coming up with their own flavors, but still they are borrowing up or borrowing information from either a little bit from GDPR, a little bit from other countries, how they've operated. And California has definitely taken the lead. And if you, I'm sure you have heard about it, you have read about it, Washington state, other states, they are coming up with their own versions, but the flavor is still coming from the California CCPA and other regulatory needs and requirements. It's only going to improve. I'd say that it's going to get like more uh, uh, visibility and it's mm -hmm. going to only help and people noticing all these good things could be done either for businesses, for individuals. If I go back to my old, uh, once again, the GDPR part is golden data, protect responsibly. Perfect. So in compliance, companies are facing risks in privacy and security. And in that relation, how do you think companies can manage these risks and find solutions to tackle privacy and security compliance in a responsible way? While the challenge is also to embrace the emerging technologies because you do have your systems right now, but with AI, with machine learning and with internet of things and now pandemic coming along, things will accelerate. So how do they embrace this and how do they solve this challenge? It's a good question. Manage risks, find solutions using emerging technologies. All has got to work together right here. Or so yep, your, legacy systems, your legacy systems are going to be retired or you have to adapt some of the features and functions with emerging technologies. It could be AI, it could be like machine learning or Internet of Things. Businesses are embracing emerging technologies rapidly to enhance their digital footprints. And in the process are facing security, privacy and compliance constraints. If right. companies are too risk averse in their privacy stance, it prevents them from creating great customer experiences. That's my view, which are also critical to the business model. So it really becomes a question of how to balance personalization with data privacy. Since everything relies on computers, right? Nowadays and internet. Without that, hey, people use like a, uh, your phones, mobile phones to pay for payment, to buying things or ordering things and everything. So with growing threats in the artificial intelligence, machine learning and IoT space, it is important for companies to take precautionary measures and detect attacks before they can happen and proact be proactive about security, privacy and compliance. Mm -hmm. I think most organizations turn to security and privacy solutions once an attack has taken place. You also heard about it, you also seen it, or you worked at places or with some of your clients also see 
look into privacy only when something happens, like a data breach or some other issue. But if you right. understand your enemy, right, and take preventive measures that can be taken ahead, thought about ahead of time to protect data and minimize the impact, that'll be wonderful. And in fact, right, in the digital age, privacy has become the new litmus test for businesses of all types. It could be small, medium to large, or even startups. How yeah. well a business, how well a business handles its privacy issues directly influences how successful they are going to be. And it's also a public perceptions of its right. integrity, the business's integrity and trustworthiness. On the long term, Absolutely. success should be valued over short-term gains. After all, while you put you're putting a price on data, right? Right now, with a lot of things happening. Business integrity and trust are priceless. That's the way I see it. And ensuring privacy and employing reasonable means to protect data. It could be artificial intelligence or using the emerging technology tools or only one part. But data should be viewed as a competitive advantage and incorporated. I'm saying the data means data privacy should be like viewed as a competitive advantage and help all these companies with the day-to-day -day operations uh, so that they can build a good brand. Absolutely. But all these things, they are possible for companies which are large, who have big budgets. But there are a lot of companies who don't have big budgets or a lot of companies who, have, who are small size and they cannot even afford a full-time privacy professional. How or what, how do you see they can resolve this challenge or what would you recommend them to get compliant with privacy? Because one, they are tight on budgets. Two, they don't have the flexibility to hire somebody full-time. And three, the big good consultants are expensive. So how do you manage that? It's a very interesting situation, right? As a small business, this is the way I kind of like see people surely. Having a clearly defined policy is very critical. Before you go about identifying the right skill sets. It's not just like saying that, oh, I'm going to be a TPO or I'm going to play this role. Before you play or start acting as a privacy officer, all small businesses, I believe, should mostly look into how the space is privacy space. And it is right, like it is a very scary topic, like when people are like, everybody is thinking about like privacy for small businesses, especially whether they have like it's a one man show or it's a multiple. They have to get buy-in from the business leaders, from the senior management, if they are starting to promote privacy. At the same time, small businesses should think that data is the new gold, data is valuable, data is a public good. It is important for everyone to respect and they should definitely make sure that they have a privacy policy in place. And at the same time, budgeting is like very critical. They have to use some of these resources that's available. That's one of the things like we are also working to do is like come up with a service level where people can use it effectively, not spend too much amount of money. Yeah. I think that does apply to large companies. 
Correct. It applies to large companies as well, but small companies, as you were pointing out, it's it could be a one man person or five person. But right. identifying the right one person or one or two people within the organization who will be responsible for privacy and compliance related activities so that they will be well educated on mm -hmm. what's happening, not only within the country and city and locally, also globally mm -hmm. so that they can introduce and educate not only their organization, people in within the organization and also their customers and their clients. So at the end of the day, yeah. having an understanding and not just knowledge, you put everything into action and that helps you, right? You can showcase right. by having case studies or something put together, share with your clients. But having an understanding, that's the starting point. But more so, you have to introduce it and make it it's just like air and water. You cannot live without air and water. No, so you cannot. You have to think and change your mindset a little bit. Not yes, you have to focus on budgets. I understand the question. What you're saying is, hey, budgets are a constraint. <laughs> but at the same time, you still need water, air, and water. It's right. Right now free. Not no, water. Not free. <laughs> exactly. So that's the so, key: is build your skill sets and have someone who is going to focus and keep an eye so that you don't lose your focus. Right. Now, privacy compliance can be complex or it's a wide topic. Of so in your view, what is a holistic approach that or what are the different aspects that companies should look at if you have to look at the holistic perspective or a 360 degree view of privacy compliance? What would you recommend as different aspects or topics? Once again, it's a very well put question and it's not going to be easy. And you know that and we have been like looking into not only from privacy, from digital technologies and other things. The game has changed with respect to data privacy and compliance. And especially in today's digital world, companies must comply, right? And as I've been like mentioning during your conversation, this data is the new gold. Over right. 2.5 quintillion bytes of data are created each day. Think yep. about it. Uh, this was not the case 10 years ago or 15 or 20 no. years ago, right? And yep. much of data consists of information that would allow people to be personally and individually identified. It's very critical. Right. And most of the habit-forming products that have been that we religiously are consuming are engineered towards collecting data either about us, our identities. If you push it forward, our preferences and even our behaviors. That's what artificial intelligence and machine learning and deep learning are doing, right? Mm -hmm. Mostly they want to activate. You and I are speaking right now. Hey, who knows? Like Skype, they are looking at our movements, the cameras and everything they are going to hack. These are all, I feel a little bit like more intrusive. So our lives are increasingly built around products and services which apart from solving our day-to-day -day issues, also seek to understand us. That's what yeah. the technology are doing. So there, there are like a two part things which I would like to, so considering the large volume of data and transactional value of this data, as well as the regulatory changes in play, the current 
privacy and compliance management setup is not actually working. And it requires an update, a relook and design makeover. Companies must take responsibility and must worry about their information, where, where it goes, just like a, a customer worries about the companies, what they are doing with the information. It is important for companies to invest and set up an overarching framework yeah. as a frame of reference when it comes to privacy and compliance. That is one of the things that's missing as part of this 360 degree change. You have to, I would like say, put it in a systemic change. You have to rethink, recalibrate. Enterprises have to do that. It's not just the individuals, it's more so businesses have to start implementing as they're investing more into these digital technologies. See, complying with privacy laws and taking necessary precautions to keep the hands of bad actors is very critical, right? When it comes to customers, you don't know what they are going to do, how they are going to use, yeah. when they will use it, all these things. In the end, like I see, we are responsible as businesses or individuals for many of the conditions of our lives. And we have the power and free will to change it. And right. when I say like 360 degrees, it is not like one thing. It's multiple areas and one has got to make changes. At the same time, they have to figure out a pathway. I do understand this. See, um, it is typical or mostly right. Most of the people, there are people who are going to seek to profit from private information. So how do we bring a change with a mindset of any futurist think thinker i would mm -hmm. put it this way okay looking to invest in anything that assists businesses to collect retain process and utilize data in a lawful and ethical manner will go a mm -hmm. long way sure and you provide services on privacy and cybersecurity, but how do you differentiate between privacy and cyber or security? You know, that's a very interesting uh, scenario, okay? Why I say that is there is a major, good amount of difference. What is the difference between security, privacy, and compliance? Generally, when you talk to people, right, like what they think, like terms of when you talk about security, privacy, and compliance, it is often their thought, like they have difficulty to fully understand how these terms and and also the aims of business in, initiatives, okay? Why it is different. So according to me, how they differ and how they also relate to each other is very uh, important here. If you remember in the earlier days, right? Like security means it's authentication and authorization, protection right. and identity where what like businesses typically focused on okay but once data became the primary connecting point the focus has shifted more towards idea of privacy of what of data and personal information and subsequently mm -hmm. i'm sure you'll agree the idea of compliance with regulations and everything and coming up it is important to protect the data when you apply this compliance. So, although there's a difference between security and privacy, they both go hand in hand with each other. In right. fact, security and privacy complement each other in pursuit 
of same objective. The objective is data production. Exactly, also, I think security, I agree on that part. Yeah, and also security is important for both privacy and compliance. You cannot like right. have one and you cannot drop one. You have to think about all of these. That's what like the fundamentally right. when you're building an application or building a product, you have to start including security at the beginning. Now, privacy has become a discipline of its own. You have to include, yep. include it. And data privacy is generally thought as or people focus on the use of and governance of personal data. Yep. And also compliance is tied to accountability and transparency with, in all operations. But to me, it is a different paradigm and similar to a security as a service, your focus mm -hmm. should be looking at it's no longer a no, lo no longer is it a part of compliance like legal or auditing. Privacy has become increasingly an influential factor. Okay, mm -hmm. that's as a rapidly growing standalone discipline. Privacy needs to be more integrated throughout the organization. And that's where the security is only one component, which with the data component being the primary focus, privacy and with the regulatory component, it's kind of a, a Venn diagram, right? You put together yeah. and everything exactly. comes together. Each and everything satisfies one part. That's what happens when you're building architecture or in, it could be for new products or even like a legacy system if you want to uh, redesign or rebuild. You're not going to throw Absolutely. away some of the components, but you're going to take the elements out of it and then introduce your privacy, your security and the compliance factor so that you will have a good working product and build a good brand. For sure. Hope the question was like, I know like I was going in like step yeah, by step you... things, but hope it answers. Okay. But it's okay. I do understand security and privacy both go hand in hand and they're correlated. It's not one or the other. And in fact, without security, there's no privacy. So that's how it goes. And what would you recommend to global companies in terms of management of privacy and also assessing compliance? Because most of the global companies have now completed their privacy compliance programs, at least the stage one or stage two. And it's about time to assess what they've done. So what would you recommend them to do? The first thing is now awareness. Yes, they are bringing out awareness like IBM and larger big companies in Microsoft. Too. Most of them are being, but still there are loopholes. For me, it is something they have to. I'm going to take like one example out here how mm -hmm. when, when it comes to uh, government services, right? Since I've mm -hmm. done government consulting, government work and work for different agencies out here in the US. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there are like small businesses, there are large businesses and small businesses, they have a kind of a contracting opportunities so that only they can bid on it. But right. sometimes they don't have the variable bandwidth when yeah. it comes to subject like privacy. So what I would like to see is large companies, not just like taking the leadership role and then a mentorship kind of model, mentor prodigy kind of like model so that they see that work together it's not just like making revenue alone right at the end of the day data is in a public good you have to 
help these small businesses also understand or when a lot of venture funds and venture capitals when they are looking at they have to see that there is a component of privacy introduced and large companies especially have to mm-hmm. make sure that they integrate within their organization and while working with teaming partners that happens or happen to be the small business and also when it comes to educating the client it's very important yes they send a very good like a uh, bullet point messages but more than that how you would like really elevate this topic which is mm-hmm. very critical right now and as part of that training is something very important and i know you are working on something which is very important required at this point of time and companies yeah. should like see it as as an enabler or enhancer and not see as just a competition i think i would agree awareness amongst staff or awareness amongst management is one key factor wherein there needs to be a little bit more work than it has been and it needs to be measured it needs to be monitored exactly that was one one of my points like uh, if if i may add so that yes we are working on an autonomous autonomic like framework the focus right. is privacy and compliance as offered as a service okay so. that's interesting so privacy and compliance as a service more like the fractional dpo fractional privacy officer so company that doesn't need a dpo but do not have the privacy skills so you provide that privacy skill just like i do as a fractional privacy officer truly yeah. you put it very well at the same time i want to go one step further and see share this information with you is the way we see is like we want to offer the services right it's very similar to a cloud service right or a service oriented architecture where in the service bus people have i'm speaking a little bit on the architecture level and technically technically speaking you have a service where there's a consumer there's a provider so yeah. the framework will basically help in providing professionals real time direction and practical advice on how right. to tackle challenges and opportunities when it comes to privacy and compliance okay and also as part of that is a measurement which you are also talking about is quantification analysis of data security postures So Absolutely. as part of providing all this, it's kind of a service, and uh, where you can automate it. And one more point, like add to the previous question is, I would like to see more companies automate their processes, yep. and that's what what we are kind of like focused on to protect your sensitive information and data, to be more compliant with the regulatory needs. And this is very critical and very important, right? Like how it'll be good for them to embrace something of the type. and especially with the post covid world businesses are not only investing in like digital tools and increasingly collecting larger amount of amounts of data it could be health data it could be personal data it could be right. pretty much like a lot of things and they are even like going outside of their traditionally strict confines they are collecting Absolutely. this information okay. yeah. it is vital for all our organizations to recognize the full impact of this increased data collection and start fully embracing data privacy regulations and implement data privacy principles to better manage the sensitive data that they collect true so it's a changing world that we are living in true. changing from technology changing from privacy and changing from what is going around in the world on a daily basis or minute by minute basis 
There's so much of information available for us. And how do you keep yourself up to date and current in this changing and volatile world? Because sometimes it can be overkill if you read too much, and sometimes if you don't, then also it's dangerous. So how do you find the right balance? It's a very tricky situation, right? Like it's very hard <laughs> and you get like a lot of information about different places and you want to know about pretty much like everything. And for me, it has always been a um, very interesting point. I would like um, see it more so. I'm a very avid consumer of all things when it comes to privacy, which I mentioned to you, I'm very passionate about privacy. At this point of time, I think I think it's never going to die. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's going to carry on. And I track development in the privacy space and regulations in different parts of the world. And I talk to people and not only like yourself and then with a lot of other people and try to contribute using some of the social platforms where it's relevant and not on all of it, like I'm very particular about that. And mm -hmm. then uh, from different continents to see like what their societies are mm -hmm. when it comes to digital privacy. For example, when it comes to GDPR, I have an idea, I have like some other things, the data brokers, data uh, controllers and all this thing. But if I would like to speak to someone like yourself, I might pose a question. Only when you ask questions, you might get some solution. It might not be Absolutely. the right solution, but I kind of like consume information in different forms, not mm -hmm. just, yeah, read books. That's one of the things. And I have to say this to you, but my wife like wants me to make sure that I read at least like one book a month. That's interesting. That's very <laughs> good. And she is very particular about that, like, because it's not the information, right? not necessarily only about privacy. It's about like other things also. True. And you can True. put a different perspective of how data has become a key element. Yes. And hard thing is to, hey, we can use this for public good. You don't have to only think about the negative things. Take some of the noise and everything out and use right. it for public good. And being an environmentalist and public uh, health person are um, areas of focus. And she always like looks for the public good and then she has been influencing. And which it's something I'm very proud <laughs> and like, I'm still learning. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we all are learning. There's so much to absorb, so much to learn. It's right. not possible to say uh, we are an expert, but again, it's in function of other people. And then we say, okay, yes, we can guide, we can help. Right. So what would be your one final message to audiences? I have to share something which I wrote about. Interesting. Uh, a few days ago, it's still... It's still, it's not exactly a poem and it's still a work in progress. Hope, I want to send a message. I think myself as some, in some ways as an activist, right? When it comes to privacy, I want to do something good and not only for the betterment of myself and for the community. So I wrote something and I thought I would share with the audience as for we are sure. wrapping up things. Okay. It's once again, it's still a work in progress. But go something like this. Privacy is a fundamental human right. Goes the proclamation for which the UN deserves a standing ovation. It, it is each business's responsibility to ensure data privacy, compliance, and security. But let us also say it is a co-evolution. 
for concerted thoughts, values, and action. It's about each individual duty to not use technology blindly. When it comes to privacy and your PII, don't be ignorant. It is not pie in the sky. Only you know what is important, private, and sensitive. Taking control of your data is imperative. One who falters in the fight will gain, will not gain absolution. One who accepts defeat lacks resolution. <laughs> Penalties and fines alone will not solve the problem. What is required is 360 degree change in the system. Respect customers' rights. Get consent before sharing bytes. It is the business's responsibility to comply with privacy and act with integrity. Privacy matters in the digital age. At the same time, freedom and privacy should be the new adage. Hope I try to summarize our discussion and hope it gives a good uh, message out. And I would like to say one more thing that is use technology wisely, value privacy. It is This is applicable to users, businesses, and product developers. And I'm open Thank to you so any much. other queries. Thank you so much. It was so nice. You made the entire kind of privacy a summary in a poem. So that's really nice, really interesting. Thank you. So if people want to get in touch with you, people want to know more about you or your services in ByteSafe, where do they have to contact you? The best way to connect or contact me would be via LinkedIn. We also mm -hmm. have a LinkedIn page. And then I would, like, if you search for Raghavan Chalapan, I think uh, in spite of trying to keep myself like very <laughs> low, <laughs> it is available. People can look at like some of the things I've done. And other ways could be via email. And mm -hmm. I would go to like info at byte-safe.com. If you send it to that, I will also get information. And that, those are two ways I would like to use for people to contact me. Absolutely. So it was great having you, Raghavan. Good conversation, open and frank. And I thank you for being here. So ladies and gentlemen, yeah, please go ahead. You are about to say something. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed our conversation, Puneet. And I think as a closing remark, like as you are going to close, I would like to add this. Let all of us bring more awareness when it comes to security, privacy, and compliance. Data privacy and compliance movement is not going away. And it is to stay, and it is only going to better not only us as human beings and as a whole as a society. Once again, thank you very much for having me on your show. I'll really enjoy some of your questions. Wonderful, wonderful words, Raghavan. So thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you like this effort. Please do click like, comment and share. It is okay if you did not like it. Please still do make a comment and share with us what we can improve. If you have suggestions, ideas for guests or you want to have your question answered, please email me. My email is info at punitbhatia.com. You can also share this with others and if you do so while tagging me in, 
I will personally thank and acknowledge your contribution in coming episodes. Thanks once more and look forward to seeing you back. Till then, stay safe, stay blessed and stay happy.